Hello, I'm Jason Dick, and this is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We're bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. There is talk about how to reopen the country and some hints that the curve is flattening in hotspots like New York, but the wreckage of COVID-19 shows no sign of abating. The world has now logged more than 2 million cases. Talks continued between Congressional Democrats and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin about what should come next in legislation to address the pandemic. There is widespread agreement they need to shore up funding for loans to small businesses, but Democrats want more money for hospitals, health workers, and states and cities. Meanwhile, retail sales overall spiraled downward, putting an emphasis on the need to compromise on another relief package. This all unfolded as Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser extended the public health emergency in the nation's capital to May 15th. And it came on the heels of President Donald Trump saying he would stop future payments to the World Health Organization in response to the international body's handling of the virus. We begin tonight with CQ Roll Call reporter Jim Saxa, who spoke with Florida Republican Marco Rubio, who's chairman of the Senate Small Business Committee. We asked him about next steps when it comes to getting more loan money out to small businesses. The quarantine measures for slowing the speed of COVID-19 have put the U.S. economy into a medically-induced coma. The $2.3 trillion relief package passed by Congress last month is supposed to act like the IV of money that keeps companies alive until the economy can get moving again. The Small Business Administration's Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, is a cornerstone of the economic relief package Congress passed in March. The PPP acts kind of like a grant. Companies can apply for loans for up to 10 weeks of payroll. If they use the money mostly to pay workers, then they won't have to pay it back. Banks and other private lenders handle the paperwork so the money can get out fast. But the money has been moving a little too fast and may run out as soon as today, less than two weeks after the SBA got $350 billion to start it. And when that happens, banks might still accept applications, but they're no longer going to be processing and approving PPP loans um, because there's no money for, to guarantee them. And so it's going to bring the program to a halt. That's Senator Marco Rubio, the program's architect. The Florida Republican says negotiations for passing a quick top-up are still ongoing. Last week, the White House called for adding another $250 billion into the SBA program. But Democrats want any rapid refill bill to also include billions more for states, hospitals, and other kinds of small business grants. Rubio says the two sides are getting close, but the devil remains in the details. I think there's strong support for the idea of helping local communities. Every senator, including Republicans, everybody has cities and hospitals in their uh, rural hospitals in their states. I think the concern really is that unlike PPP, which is an existing program you can just fill money into, uh, there has to be a formula created for how that's going to be distributed. Rubio says he hopes Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi can reach a deal tonight, or if not, at least agree to add money to the PPP now with a promise to do the rest next week. That's because he expects a few more rounds of interim measures before Congress can return to D.C. to work on a so-called Phase 4 fiscal stimulus bill. Before we get to Phase 4, I think there's going to be a 3A, a 3B, a 3C, a 3D, in essence, efforts to come back and backfill some of the stuff we did or make amendments and adjustments. One of the ones we need to start thinking about is, you know, 
the folks who have received PPP loans, if this crisis goes beyond the next six to eight weeks, do we make more money available for an additional disbursement through the already approved instrument? For now, though, talks on a quick bill continue as most of the U.S. remains ground to a halt. Now we turn to Emily Kopp, who has the latest on demands for clarity on how the nation's stockpile of healthcare equipment is being doled out. I'm Emily Kopp. I'm a healthcare reporter for CQ Roll Call. It's been about a month since President Donald Trump declared a national emergency and evoked the Stafford Act. That action gave the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, direction of the national stockpile and authority to determine which areas of the country are most in need amid a global shortage of life-or-death medical supplies like personal protective equipment for nurses. But how the White House and FEMA is making its determinations about where supplies are most needed is still unknown. That was underscored today when 17 Democratic senators wrote a letter to President Trump asking for more information about which areas of the country are getting supplies first and asking for more transparency about how FEMA and the White House are making those decisions. They ask whether some supplies are being distributed based on political favoritism, not need. The letter underscores how details about one of the most urgent aspects of the federal response to COVID-19, providing personal protective equipment to frontline workers and ventilators to hospitals, are unknown outside the Trump administration. And there's some good reason to be skeptical that supplies are going to where they're most needed. An investigation by the House Oversight Committee last week revealed that the national stockpile until late March distributed supplies not based on the number of COVID-19 cases in a particular state, but based on population drawing from 2010 census data. All the while, Health and Human Services was telling reporters the number of supplies was ever changing, that they were constantly acquiring more supplies and couldn't reliably tell reporters how much was in the stockpile. But that's not really borne out in the data released by the committee. The supply shortages have led to a lot of healthcare systems, hospitals, hospices, and nursing homes using um, makeshift supplies. CDC recommended last month that healthcare facilities in crisis should use makeshift surgical masks out of bandanas and scarves. And the FDA last week issued guidance slackening standards around the manufacture of cloth gowns for use in a healthcare setting. Um, as we see a severe shortage of the more impenetrable disposable plastic gowns. CDC released a report yesterday that 9,200 healthcare workers have been infected and at least 27 have died. So the agency says that's almost certainly a gross undercount. We only have information about whether a COVID-19 patient was or was not a healthcare worker for a small slice of the cases reported to CDC, 16%. And that's all I've got. That's it for today. For the entire CQ Roll Call news team, I'm Jason Dick. <laughs>